how could I have put so much of myself into someone else? How could I have invested so much of everything that I have into someone else? I say, you know, that feeling of emptiness that you feel is real. It doesn't matter how strong you are. Don't dwell too much on what you gave that someone else took from you and never gave back to you, but focus on the fact that you are the source of what you gave. And if you were able to give it once before, you're able to give it again to yourself. This time, learn how to give it to yourself instead of investing everything that you have into someone else outside of you. The point is that you never build the understanding of who you are inside of someone else. Because when you do that, you are basing your whole existence on how someone else treats you, on what they think is worthy about you, on what they think your value is, on what they think, period. These mountains that you're carrying, you're only supposed to climb. You're listening to Unsween and Unfilter, the podcast, episode seven of season three. The words I just shared are from one of my favorite poems of the talented Nedjwa Zebian, who also happens to be today's special guest on the pod. Heartbreak and pain are sometimes inevitable. So how do we grieve relationships that end? How do we process loss that comes with a broken heart? And most importantly, how do we trust ourselves again? Most of us are on this journey of unlearning, which in a way you are learning in the process of it all too. I came upon this stark realization that I am just a product of learned behaviors that have been toxic to my well-being, that my identity as a woman dictates how I am allowed to live my life, according to standards that have been set for me long before I was even born. It truly takes a toll on you to carry this weight and to internalize it all, making yourself believe that you are not enough. I hope to one day reach a point where I can speak from my scars and not from my unhealed wounds. But in the meantime, it's conversations like the one I had with Nedjwa that truly propel me on my healing journey. Nedjwa Zebian, a Lebanese-Canadian activist, poet, educator, and speaker, is the author of three poetry books, and her fourth book is on its way to be released this summer. Her and I delve into the topic of heartbreak, pain, and loss, three things that we have all experienced at one point or another in our lives. We all crave a love that comes with no trust issues or insecurities, a love that challenges us to strive to become the best version of ourselves, a love that deserves us. In previous episodes, we have talked about the importance of staying single until we are comfortable with being single. And on the opposite spectrum, we have discussed heavy topics such as abuse. I think it's now time to talk about experiencing heartbreak and the all too familiar feeling of being swallowed up by pain. Must the process of change come standard with pain and loss? We have all danced with the notion that sometimes what we want isn't always what we deserve. I asked Nedjwa, why is it so hard to walk away from someone that you know isn't good for you? Why do we choose to not believe that a better love exists out there? At times, we can be so mystified by the words of someone, the same someone who can easily walk out on us without a goodbye. How do we stop ourselves from thinking that if we love them harder, they'll finally love us right back? Why do we try to salvage the pieces of a broken relationship rather than save ourselves? Nedra beautifully explains the art of building a home within us rather than finding it in others. She takes us on a journey of explaining heartache and how we can grow from the hurt. And on the way, we can learn to protect ourselves without building a cage around us. Let's dive in. Thank you so much for joining us today, Nedjwa. I feel like heartbreak is never a topic that's easy to talk about because the healing process that tends to come with it is never linear. It's always up and down. There are moments where you feel like you're hard on yourself because of the toxic relationship that you are in. And then sometimes you wonder if you can trust yourself again. And I think these are really interesting topics that we can definitely dive into. But before we do, can you please just briefly introduce yourself to our listeners? I am a person who loves to put feelings into words, who loves to take the hardest things that you experience and give a life to them. It stems from my own personal experience of trying to express myself and trying to get the world around me to understand what I'm going through. And I love doing that for people. In a way, I see it as activism. I see it as advocacy. I see it as 
being there for someone as representing someone. Yeah, that's an intro that I didn't even think of, but it's really what I do. I think it explains you perfectly because somebody like me who has read your books and your poetry books, it's just like, it got me through my toughest times. And I know you hear that often, but it's so interesting to be able to feel that your feelings and see your feelings being put into words, words that you never imagined that you could even do yourself. So it's like when you read those words on paper, you realize, okay, I'm not the only one that struggled with this in my past. Here is somebody else that was able to put her feelings into words and show me that somewhere across the world, somebody felt the same way as me. And I think it's beautiful when you talk about searching for a home. And I always try to kind of also find that within myself, trying to find the place where my heart and my soul are at peace. Can you explain that a little bit more? Yeah, actually, building a home within yourself is what my fourth book is about. And it was interesting to see that when I looked back at my three published books, that I've always talked about the concept of building a home, it always came through whether I was aware of it or not. And I remember shortly after publishing my first book, I was asked to give a TEDx speech in London, UK, and it was about building a home for yourself through poetry. And on stage, I said that the biggest mistake that we make is that we build our homes and other people. We build those homes and decorate them with all the love and care and kindness that we want to come home to at the end of the day, because we have that sense of safety and security that, you know, I'm putting all of this love into a place that is going to be there for me. And then when that person walks away, that home walks away with them. And all of a sudden, we feel empty and we feel betrayed. And we feel like, how could I have put so much of myself into someone else? How could I have invested so much of everything that I have into someone else? And I say, you know, that feeling of emptiness that you feel is real. Like, I know people don't want to admit that. They don't want to admit that it's a legitimate feeling of betrayal when someone walks away. It doesn't matter how strong you are. You can be strong and still feel betrayed and still feel like something was taken from you. But but after that validation, I say, don't dwell too much on what you gave that someone else took from you and never gave back to you. But focus on the fact that you are the source of what you gave. And if you were able to give it once before, you're able to give it again to yourself. This time, learn how to give it to yourself instead of investing everything that you have into someone else outside of you. I don't care who that person is. You could be married to that person. You could think that you're going to spend the rest of your life with that person. That's not the point. The point is that you never build the sense of who you are and the understanding of who you are inside of someone else. Because when you do that, you are basing your whole existence on how someone else treats you, on what they think is worthy about you, on what they think your value is, on what they think, period. You need to do that for yourself. So building a home within yourself for yourself is about coming back to yourself, understanding who you are, understanding what you want in life, understanding why you are the way that you are right now, understanding what kind of upbringing, what kind of external surroundings environmental factors got you to a point in your life where perhaps you were vulnerable enough to be taken advantage of in a certain way. Understand all of those things instead of just seeing it as that's just how my life is. Once you understand what brought you to be in the place in your life that you are in, to be the person who you are, once you understand all of that, now you can ask yourself, well, do I want that? Do I want that to continue? Is this really what I believe? Or is it just something that I believed for a very long time or that I was surrounded with for a very long time? And it's just become my normal. That's when you start questioning. You can't start questioning before you understand and validate things for yourself. So it's a process. Building that home is a process of understanding what got you here understanding where you want to be and taking those steps. And alongside taking those steps, you're going to lose many people. You're going to lose friends, family, acquaintances. 
really close people to you because you are on a trajectory of growth. And for many people, the only reason that you're in their life is because you are a certain way that's convenient for them or that they agree with or they don't agree with or that they can control in a certain way. And you just have to be prepared for that. You have to be prepared to allow, Rumi says, you know, be like a tree and let the dead leaves drop. That's what you have to do something or someone that no longer serves you. And and it's not in a selfish kind of way. It's it's not about, you know, if I can't get something from you, I'm going to leave you. It's not that if you don't respect who I am as a person, and if you don't respect that I am my own person who is growing, who can have a mind of my own and who can have a journey of my own, if you don't respect that and you're not willing to love me through that, then respectfully, I don't want you in my life. That's what it's about. You have to expect changes to happen and you have to be willing to step outside of your comfort zone and say, I'm not so afraid of making a mistake, whatever that mistake means in the eyes of others. I'm not afraid of falling. I'm not afraid of taking risks that help me head in the direction of being the person that I want to be. Because at the end of the day, I know what my intention is. And I'm not going to learn unless I break somehow, unless I try something new. So all of that is a process of building a home within yourself because you are learning to trust yourself and you are learning that your own validation is all you really need. Your own acceptance is all you really need. And I think it's beautiful, that concept, because I do think that we often tend to just give this other person in our life our all, and we forget to leave some at least for us. And when you say even building a home, we also have to understand that just because we build a home and we equate home with just comfortableness and just safety, there are moments where you're going to be faced with uncomfortable moments. There are moments where you kind of also have to know how to shut the door of your home and not allow certain people in. I think there's a lot of factors that go into that. And then your home can also crumble, even if you do build it within yourself, if you don't build it with a strong foundation, with a strong sense of identity. And I I love that analogy that you put together because it honestly just gives us a visual and it's so powerful. Another thing you talk about is pain. And I think pain is something that we do not really know how to kind of delve into and assess and feel. And I think pain is something we try to run away from. And we talked also about time healing all wounds, which we'll get into. And you and I both agree with this concept. But back to pain, how do we not allow it to have power over us? And can we also also equate pain and loss together as well as change because I feel like when you are losing something you are changing you are transforming so I feel like change and loss do travel together so it's like how can we own our pain and not run away from it anymore pain is part of life everybody knows this there isn't one person on this planet who's not given a painful time or a painful experience and people tend to run away from pain because They're afraid of actually admitting that there's something in their life that they have to tend to, that there is something that they need to change, that there is. So say someone broke a boundary of yours, for example, and you're going to feel pain on the inside. And that pain, if you allow yourself to fully feel it, is going to push you to stand up for yourself. But many people are so afraid of standing up for themselves because of what that might mean. And most times it means that the person that you are standing up for yourself in front of is going to walk away, is going to shame you, is going to make you feel like it was your fault, is going to look at you differently. So instead of allowing yourself to fully feel that pain because you know that it's going to get you to that point, like you know it's going to make something clear to you. And you're so afraid of that clarity that you would rather not feel it and become numb to it. And you think, and I know we're getting to this point, but might as well talk about it now. You think that time it'll go away. It doesn't go away. It's like you saying to yourself, I have a room in my house where, or wherever I live, where I just put things that I don't want to deal with. And at some point, you know, I'll go back to them and deal with them. You're going to keep piling things up, piling things up. It That's not going to go away. It's going to keep piling up until that room gets really full and you have to create another room. And you are just carrying baggage with you that doesn't belong in your life that could easily be dealt with if you were to take every issue as it comes along and say, okay, what's the problem here? What is this pain 
that I'm feeling because I'm not feeling pain out of nowhere. It came from somewhere. Where is it stemming from? Why is it hurting so much? What do I need to do through this pain to better myself as a person and to make sure that I don't experience this pain another time? Because if you don't take the time to learn through that pain about yourself, another experience is going to come that's going to be just as painful or even more painful. And immediately your mind is going to tell you, well, you've accepted this before. So I guess you could do that again. And you do that again. And you do that again. But at that whole time, what you're doing is you are making that pain more powerful over you because you've allowed it to make the decision for you. You've allowed it to shut you up in a way and allow you to betray yourself and not really show who you really are authentically on the inside. We shy away from pain because there is so much fear in the unknown based on what that pain pushes us to do. Because if you don't know what speaking your mind looks like or feels Mm -hmm. like, then be scared of it. If you know what keeping it in and it's like you always have to be that good person, you know, especially as a woman. I don't care what anybody says. This is mostly for women in our culture. You know, you don't want to be the one that like raises your voice literally and figuratively. You don't want to be that woman because everybody hates that woman. Everybody's like she's she's too much. You know, I remember when I was growing up, I would hear because I grew up in Lebanon, I would hear women speaking And it was just, it was so like toxically embedded in all of the conversations that a woman who speaks her mind is not a desirable woman. A woman who speaks her mind is trouble. She's somebody that people pretend to be afraid of her, but really they just, they don't respect her at all. Like a good woman is one that keeps everything to herself If she's upset, she deals with it. She focuses on Martin, which is raising her kids and being there for her husband and all that stuff. That was so toxically embedded in conversations that I grew up believing that the way to be the right kind of woman is to be that good woman that never raises her voice, that if she's hurt, she makes... She always makes excuses for people. She always, you know, says, kill them with kindness. Just don't let their behavior change who you are. But what that really did to me over the years is blur my voice for myself. Like, I didn't really know myself. I didn't know what I stood for. And I was so afraid of telling people Like that really hurt my feelings. Like you shouldn't have done that because just that, just verbalizing that made me feel like I was somebody who didn't believe in people or somebody who was too selfish and somebody who was too sensitive. Like I internalized what other people's choices to inflict pain upon me meant about me as a person instead of calling it what it is and saying, you shouldn't have done that. So again, going back to why we shy away from feeling the pain, it's because if you actually feel the pain, you're going to be propelled to do something, to say something, to change something. And that's scary because you don't know what that looks like. You're so afraid of like breaking this unspoken definition of who you are, who you should be, that image of yourself. You're afraid of like breaking that reputation that you've built over the years of being this good girl, this good woman. You're raised by a good family. Like You're so worried about breaking that, that you would rather keep that pain piled up somewhere inside of you, hoping that one day your knight in shining armor will show up And you could just start living a new life and that's going to go away. That doesn't happen. We know it doesn't happen. When you experience pain, you allow yourself to fully feel it. You allow yourself to cry. You allow yourself to say, that really hurt. You allow yourself to say, I really let myself down. My family let me down with the way that they raised me to be, you know, a, a certain kind of way. And if I deviate from that, that means there's something fundamentally wrong about me and about them. When you feel pain, 
you allow yourself to see your life clearly, to see the people around you clearly, and you allow yourself to, you give yourself permission to say, I want this in my life and I don't want this in my life. You shy away from pain because it's scary. You shy away from pain because you know it's going to unshield a certain kind of fire and power from within you and that it even scares you. And the only way is to tend to it and fully experience it. And it's going to be messy. Whoever is listening to this, feeling your pain is going to be messy. And, and I know some people who say things like, I was fine before I started going to therapy because when I started going to therapy, I started realizing about all these issues that I had and now I actually have to work on them. And I'm like, no, like that was such a blessing because you becoming aware of issues that you need to work on is so much better than, I mean, those issues are still there. It's not like not being aware of them erases their existence. You're gaslighting yourself by telling yourself that issues are there. You becoming aware of them means, yes, you have to deal with them. You have to tend with them. But it also means that those issues aren't going to get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger with time to the point where it's not therapy that you are voluntarily going to, to learn about those things. Something's going to happen in your life that's going to be a wake-up call and you're going to say, wow, why did I not deal with all of this? So ignoring your pain doesn't take it away. Ignoring your pain will not make it less intensified over time. Ignoring your pain only makes your acceptance of pain more intensified and more likely, which means that you just you become that person that is a target for everybody to take advantage of because they know you're going to be quiet. They're not, they know you've accepted and you know it too. You know, you've betrayed yourself multiple times in the past. You've stayed quiet during certain periods of time during certain experiences. And so your tolerance for pain just becomes higher and higher. And you just, you become that person who doesn't know how to stand up for yourself, doesn't know what to do when pain comes your way other than just say, well, you know, this is the nature of life. That's pain for you. Honestly, Nedwa, that was such an incredible answer. And when we talked offline about time healing all wounds, you and I just couldn't agree on that. We're like, we couldn't agree with that statement. I feel like when people say that all I'm doing technically is just creating distance between me and my pain. But who's to say that my pain isn't going to continuously grow, like you said, and it's going to catch up to me one day. And it's going to catch up to me when I'm in, in a different part of my life where I think I've moved on, where I think everything's going well for me. I feel successful. I might be in a new relationship, but here's that pain. It's knocking on my door and I was like, oh shoot, I thought you were long gone. I thought I created so much distance. But no, the way to overcome your pain, just like you're saying, just to reiterate, is basically doing the work. And it's really, really hard work. And yeah, therapy, like I tell people that want to seek therapy, I tell them it's not easy. You're going to face a lot of things about you, things that you kind of wish you didn't even know about yourself. But you have to come to terms with certain things if you don't want certain patterns and behaviors to continue to happen in your life. If you feel you're like you're attracting a certain someone, if you feel like you're always dealing with a certain type of pain or you feel like you're always down and miserable, there's a reason. There's always a root cause for everything. And I think that's so beautifully explained how you talked about pain. And it's just something that we do need to own up and something that we have to have a relationship with. Because like you said, nobody's immune to pain. Life kind of sometimes is full of disappointments. But how can we overcome those disappointments? How can we create a threshold for pain to not allow it to grow and manifest into our lives and even in our bodies where it lives within our bodies? And it just that's just the way we now walk in this dunya and how we act and whatnot is because of the pain that we've gone through. But something that I think is really, really hard to go through is heartbreak. And I think a lot of people, you know, they tend to not want to talk about it. They feel like they've been fooled. They feel like they've been victimized or they just feel like heartbreak is something something that was their fault and they don't want to look like they were a failure. But there are people who would rather live with a broken heart than leave the person causing them this heartache or even just forgetting about this person completely. Why are we so afraid of letting go of this person? Why do we continue to kind of keep them in our lives? Even just even walking with a broken heart in our lives. And yeah, they might have been removed from our life, but we still own this broken heart. And it's like almost the last piece of them. And we kind of don't want to let go of them completely. Why are we that way? Why are some of us that way? I would say most of us are that, that way, to be honest. I think it's a lot easier to continue 
living a certain way than it is to venture beyond it because living that certain way is familiar, whereas venturing beyond it is very unfamiliar. And so we would rather come back to that pain, to that person who's causing us that pain with the hope that with time they will change or they will feel about us the way they once felt before. There's always that thing. I always hear this. He said this at the beginning, or I remember the good times. Hold on to the version of the person that they showed you in the past when you first got to know them or during good times or during times that maybe they were that way because you were a certain way that they liked, that they had under control that pleased them, that, you know, you were perfect in their eyes because you were convenient for them or you were what they thought they wanted. And now that you are changing, that you are growing, that you are evolving, they don't want that anymore. And so they are showing you their resistance to who you are as a person. And they know you being you, you're going to question yourself and think, how do I change myself so that they could love me the way they did before? How do I change myself so that things could go back to the way that they were before? So you try going back to that time, being the person that you were then, and you're always, you're hitting a wall. You're hitting, imagine that you are actually punching a wall. All that intensity in trying so hard to change yourself to go back to that time or to make that person go back to the person that they showed you they were at that time is only going to hurt you because that person didn't change over time and they're just showing you who they really are. You saw a side of them. It's not that they, you have to understand that your existence as a person can't influence someone who doesn't want to be influenced. So all of the effort that you're putting into trying to get that person from the past back is going to waste because what you need to do is put that effort towards yourself and towards moving forward and towards seeing the person as they are right now. You're holding on to the way that you felt with the past version of them because it felt good. And maybe it was the first time in your life that you felt that way with someone and you think to yourself, because I had never felt that way before, I'm never going to feel it again. And you might never feel it again with another person, but you're going to feel new things with another person. You're going to experience new experiences with another person. You're going to be unapologetically yourself with another person as opposed to caging yourself into the image of what you think you should be for this person who loved you a certain way before to love you again. And I know that that's very deep, but that's what happens when you're stuck knowing that you're not happy anymore, but trying so hard to fixate on how do I get that happiness back through that person through the past version of that person, you know that if you were to make the decision to walk away, to end things, to let go of what's hurting you, there is a part of you that knows that that person is not going to care or they're going to say, okay, do whatever you want to do. And that hurts because no one likes feeling let go. No one likes feeling like they didn't matter to someone. And so to avoid that pain, you start reading into everything. He said this to me this morning, or she said this to me this morning. When I said, when I gave them a compliment, they accepted it or whatever. Like you start taking the littlest, your bare minimum signs as, you know, this person does actually care about me the way that they cared before. And you start basing how good you feel based on how good they try to make you feel or or how they're responding to your efforts to get them to love you again. And it's such a dark place to be in. And many people, especially women, don't recognize this until they've walked away and they've gone through the pain of that person really not caring that they walked away. Because like I said earlier in my answer, that person probably only, I mean, if they changed the way that they changed based on your 
growth that it means that they loved a version of you that was convenient for them that they could control in a certain way and if they are that kind of person they're thinking about what's good for them they're not really thinking about the relationship as a whole they're thinking this works if it works for me and if they are that kind of person once you leave you're really not giving them what they want anymore they can't control you anymore so of course they're going to be okay with you leaving it might hurt them on the inside but they're never going to show you that because they can move on to someone else and they know that there's always a possibility that you're going to come back but once you walk away and you feel that pain of like oh he didn't care or she didn't care that i walked away and then and then you're like i invested so much of myself going back to the idea of building a home with another person then how could i have betrayed myself if you don't allow yourself the time to reflect on all of that and understand why you gave so much of yourself and why you lost so much of yourself and why you betrayed yourself as much as you did you're likely to fall into the same kind of pattern but for those who do take the time and who do feel miserable for a while before they move on to another person i find that those are the people that say i can't believe how blind i was when i was in that relationship I can't believe how many excuses I made for him. I can't believe or her. I can't believe how much abuse or pain I accepted, how much mistreatment I accepted. I would have told a friend of mine to leave right at the beginning when those red flags started showing up, but I was so much into it that I couldn't see it. And again that goes back to when we were talking about pain. When you learn to accept pain, your tolerance for it skyrockets and you just don't see an experience that's painful as painful as it actually is you don't see that but as an outsider looking in you're like how could i have accepted that like i don't i don't understand how i could have accepted that so when people say time heals i think that's what they mean is that time allows you to see things as they are. I mean, it doesn't take the pain away. It kind of clarifies things to you because it's time and distance. And you're looking at the story that you lived as an outsider and you are finally seeing things as they actually are. So, going back to your original question, we are more likely to hold on to something that's painful and hurtful than we are to leave because pain and hurt has become familiar to us. We know how to deal with it. We know how to put on a brave face and say I'm happy when really we're not, but we're used to it. We know how to live that life. We don't know how to live the life of someone who was in a relationship and is now single, especially in our culture. You're married and now you're divorced. Oh my goodness, you know? How am I going to come across that way to my friends and family and you know that girl that used to make fun of me and all these women who look like they're in happy marriages and they have kids at this age and I don't have kids and it becomes this toxic you better stay in something that's painful instead of dealing with all of the consequences of walking away the consequences a of everyone else and what they think and what they see and what they say to you and bigger than that the consequence of actually realizing that you are your own person and that you have to lift yourself up that you can't wait for someone to save you that you can't wait for that label of being married or being in a relationship or whatever to save your reputation or you that you can't wait for someone else to be your hero that you have to be your own hero you don't know how to be your own hero you have to learn that that's the most painful consequence i feel for people especially for women especially for women who come from cultures like ours where you're already on the wrong side to be choosing to walk away and and you know what did you do that caused this to break down and you like were you not doing certain things were you not you know did you not try hard enough because you know a man doesn't look outside the marriage or a man doesn't check out unless blah blah like dealing with all of that nonsense is we don't want to deal with it so we stay we stay we stay we stay and then 
many women who've come up to me, older women in their 50s and their 60s, tell me stories like, you know, I stayed. I knew that I shouldn't have at one point, but I stayed for the kids. And now that the kids got married, he left me and he got married to someone else. Or now, you know, it is mostly women who kind of things. I'm sure it happens to men. But if you think that staying for the kids or that staying with the hope that, you know, something is going to change with time, you're letting yourself down and you are silencing your own, your own calling to actually live a life that at the end of your life, you can say, I'm proud of the life that I lived. You're just, you're numbing. You're going, you're going to feel it at one point. Better feel it when you're in your youth, when you still have time to start new experiences, when you still have time to say, I have a whole life ahead of me to look forward to. And just, it's, it's, a, it's a little bump in the road. And I know at the time it seems like a mountain that's in front of you and you don't know what's on the other side. And it's so hard. And I've never spoken up for myself before. I've never actually expressed my feelings and my thoughts and my wants and my needs. And for example, before I moved out of my parents' house, I was like, terrified and I was 27 years old and like people would tell me because I live in Canada people would be like oh you're 27 years old and you live at home like you feel like you're in these two different worlds where in one world it's like how could you be 27 years old and and still live at your parents and then there's this other world that's like well you're not married yet so you have to stay here because there's no way that you can move out before you're married and you're like okay, why don't I create a world of my own and actually say, I don't want to be married and I want to live on my own. And it's not because it's an expectation by this world out here that I should be living on my own. And it's not about wanting to let this other world down that says, if you leave before you're married, that means, you know, you lose your reputation, all that stuff. It's just, this is what I want. This is what I need at this point in my life. Once I saw it that way, I was so convinced with my own truth and my own reasoning that when people said, how could you move out without being married? You're ruining your reputation. I literally didn't care because I knew that I knew what my intentions were. And when people said, you know, you're 27 years old, you're not like, like, why aren't you dating in the conventional way of dating that as we see it, why aren't you more quote unquote liberated or whatever? Again, that didn't get to me either because I was convinced that I needed my own space, not to be in a relationship, not to date, not to, and if it's, if that's what you want, that's fine. I knew that my intentions were, I needed that space for myself because I needed to figure out who I was as a person and once I was convinced by that truth, that big mountain in front of me that I didn't know what was beyond it, I could say, you know what, I'm going to take it one step at a time and I'm going to go at it one step at a time. It's the same thing with a relationship that you know you need to end, but you're so scared of ending it. Understand your reasons for why you're ending it and understand what removing this person from your life is going to open space for and tell yourself Instead of wanting to be on the other side so quickly, I'm going to take it one step at a time and I will get there. And once I get there, it's going to be like a little bump in the road. I'm going to look back at it and say that. That's exactly how I feel, Nedra, because I am somebody who in the community did get a divorce. I am somebody who was the oldest child of my immigrant parents. I was probably one of the first in my generation or in my family to get a divorce. And that was hard. That was so hard. So you can only imagine how long I stayed in that marriage because I cared more so about my reputation that others have built for me rather than actually caring about my own feelings. I remember one night I was sleeping in bed and I was like, wow, so this is my life. This is the point that I've reached at the age, at the tender age of 23. I was like, so I'm going to accept the fact that I'm going to be miserable. I'm like, this is the, these are the cards that I was dealt with. Do you know how sad and depressing it is to kind of just have that conversation with yourself and to tell yourself? 
yourself that this is this is what I'm accepting. But it's not when you really, really think about it. When I look back, that wasn't me accepting it. That was not my actual soul and my entire being accepting it. I was accepting this life on behalf of my my community, on behalf of my family, on behalf of my reputation and everything. And it had nothing to do with me. And it's like I never felt like I was the one that could make choices for myself. Even in the most miserable point in my life, in the most sad, depressing, physical, verbal pain that I've been through in my life, I was somehow still able to even muffle my own voice and still want to carry on life as if I'm okay and I'm not going to disrupt anything. I'm not going to disrupt our culture. I'm not going to make make any noise. These are the cards that I was dealt with. And there was another night where I, I just made dua. It was just a very painful night and it was just very, I, I was just really, really going through it. And I made dua and I remember the next night, I don't know where the, the next day, I don't know where the heck I got this strength from, but I was like, I'm not living this life anymore. And when I look back at that point, it was the hardest part of my life. And it was generally a really, really hard mountain to climb. And it wasn't just one mountain. I felt like it was one mountain after the next, because here you are explaining your stance as to why you're leaving, explaining why you're finally deciding to take ownership of your life. But now when I look back on it, and I was, I struggle with this resentment and regret. Like, I don't want to have any regrets in life, but I resent myself and others so much that I wish, like, I wish at that point I left earlier. I wish I had the strength to leave. I wish I didn't care what other people thought. And I I hope whoever's listening to this, that, you know what, it, it is a huge mountain at that moment. But like you said, Nedjwa, when you look back, it's like, I'm so much stronger than that. And I overcame that and look who I am today. So I generally hope whoever's listening to this, like if you're struggling, if you're in pain, if you feel depressed and you're down and you feel miserable and you're accepting this, do not, do not accept it. I think that's accepting true defeat in your life at that point. Also, no judgment for how long you've accepted this. I feel like many women say, specifically women and women in our community or in communities that resemble ours, where culture is so embedded, they're so afraid of saying, I chose to walk away after X number of years because they know people are going to say, well, why didn't you walk away from the beginning? Why didn't you say something sooner? That moment when you got up and said, I'm not doing this anymore, I'm leaving. That moment is so personal to every person who goes through an experience like this. Like There is no guidelines to how do you get there and how long does it take you have to snap you have to allow yourself to see the pain that you're experiencing and say i don't want this i don't deserve this i will take anything other than this i don't want to believe that this is the most joy i can experience in my life i don't want to believe that you have to make that choice for yourself and get to that point where you for lack of a better word, snap and say, I'm done. And that moment is so liberating because, and scary at the same time, because I've seen people leave once they've snapped, but leave while they're trembling because they don't know what's coming next. And that's why women specifically will leave, for example, their abuser an average of seven times before they finally leave because you're going back to something that's familiar. You get that courage, they lure you back in somehow, and then you leave. So for any person listening to this, if you have left multiple times and you felt like you weren't successful because you didn't have the support of anybody or whatever the reason is, do not dwell in that and do not judge yourself based on that. There is still so much time ahead of you that you can get up and leave that final time that you choose to leave. I just wanted to say that because I know there's a lot of shame surrounding how long you've stayed and how many times you've left. And we're so ashamed of admitting that, you know what, I actually still have loving feelings towards the person who's hurting me. Like we're so ashamed of admitting that, but it's so normal. What you see as love could really not be love. It could just be that you're so attached to that person. You're so attached to defining yourself through their eyes that you don't know who you are without them. Like that's really what it could be. And there's no shame when it comes to when that moment of clarity comes for you, you know, and when you finally just go forward with that decision of yours. I just wanted to add that. No, that's a, that's a beautiful reminder because I think everybody's journey and everybody's battle is completely different from one another. But then there are certain parts where 
our journeys and our, our, our tribulations do kind of mirror one another. And yeah, that's the thing. That's why it's like, I didn't want to have any regrets because at that point, that's what felt right. It felt right to leave at that moment and not the moment before, not the millions of other moments before where I was like, that's it. I need to go. It was more so I'm accepting this, accepting this, accepting this. And so, like you said, you snap, you snap and you realize like, I can't accept this no longer. This is not the life that I want to live right now. Talking about it, it sounds much easier said than done. So for anybody that has dealt with abuse or dealt with certain situations like that, it's not easy. And I I definitely want them to know, don't think it's easy. Don't think that you're weak because you haven't reached that point yet. You're not weak. You're strong. And one day you will reach that point of just finally walking away. How do we grieve? This is this is a question that I, it's, it's a beautiful question that Yasmin Cheyenne, um, she once asked, how do you give yourself the space to grieve the relationships that will never be what you prayed they could be? Maybe this wasn't an abusive relationship. Maybe this is somebody that you fell in love with, you got to know, you finally introduced him to your parents. And for some odd reason, after getting engaged and whatnot, it just got broken off. He just had a change of heart. How do you grieve those type of relationships, the ones that just end with no reasoning at all? In Sparks of Phoenix, I wrote, sometimes our need for closure delays the closure. We get so fixated on understanding the reason for why someone walked away that we forget the reality that they walked away because accepting that someone walked away from you is so hard. You need a reason. And that reason you think that once you get it, you're going to be okay, but you're not because the whole point of you being so fixated on getting the reason is because you want to hold on to that person and onto the hope of what could become of that per- of that relationship with that person. You're so fixated on that. And when you're not given that reason, you have something to hold on to because there's always that hope that maybe if I find out why it is that he had a change of heart, I can change it because that becomes the next step. I want to change it. You have to accept the reality that something ended. I know this is a very dark example, but if someone in your life that you dearly love dies, it doesn't matter what the reason is, what the cause was, you're going to feel that pain of that person no longer being there. You accept it because you have no other choice but to accept it. But when somebody is in our life, they're alive. We could see that they've moved on. We could see that we could see them. Sometimes people work with others. Sometimes people are still part of the same social circles. Sometimes you see that person alive and you think to yourself, how could he have walked away or how could she have walked away? What is it that I did or said? I want to know the exact moment, the exact thing that happened that made them have that change of heart. I want to know if, you know, maybe if I said this differently or that differently, were they going to change their mind? And all of that is a way of you giving yourself an excuse to continue thinking of them and to continue obsessing over them and to continue to dwell on the experience itself. And it's to your own detriment because the longer you take to accept that someone walked away, regardless of what the reason is, um, say someone cheated on you. Okay, so tell me what understanding the reason for why they cheated on you, what difference does it make? Are you going to take them back? Are you going to work on rebuilding the relationship with them? Are you going, does it, does it, is it going to justify the cheating for you? But you get so fixated on understanding why, because you don't want to accept that this person actually out of their own decision-making body decided to make this decision. You don't want to accept it. There has to be a reason. And I think the most terrifying things for people is, for people who struggle with this, and I struggled with this in the past. I don't anymore because of all of the work that I've done. But I think the thing that people mostly struggle with and that they're so afraid of is what does their action mean about me? Does it mean that I wasn't worth it? Does it mean that I'm not worthy of being held on to? Does it mean 
that everyone in my life walks away from me doesn't mean they're so afraid of coming to that conclusion that they want to prevent that ending from happening. Because as long as I prevent, as long as I can make that person come back, or as long as I can make sense of the reason and make sure that the reason isn't me, the reason is all about them, then I'll be fine. We, we lie to ourselves, but the truth is we know that once we accept that this person is no longer there, we have to deal with the painful reality, which is we don't believe that we are worth it. Dealing with that is difficult. Dealing with that on your own without someone telling you, no, I love you, no, whatever, you are worth it, blah, blah, blah. It's easier to believe someone else telling us that than it is for us to to believe it. And endings, I've written about endings so much. Endings are the most natural thing about life. If you really believe that every person who walks into your life when they leave, it's an act of betrayal or it's an act of the universe or God or, or whatever higher power you believe in is telling you that you are not worth it, then you're going to stick to the same people that you were born around. Like people are meant to come into your life to teach you something. They're meant to come into your life and it could be a good thing or a bad thing. I've had people walk into my life who loved me in a way that I wasn't ready for. And they left because I couldn't accept that love. And instead of me seeing it that way at that time, I saw it as, see, everybody walks away. It, it just happens. And in a way, I was shielding myself of the pain of just actually dealing with my own self. So I would put up this shield and say, I know the, the, they're going to hurt me, so I'm not going to invest much of myself in them. So again, endings are natural. People will walk in and out of your life. You go to university for four years and then you move on to something else. It ends, but you don't see it as an end. Endings are hard because there's a transition period that comes after because there is something that's unknown after them because there is you all of a sudden have to change your routine and ways of thinking. And if you really think that if you put all of your hope into that one person, into the relationship that you had with that one person, like you said, you built a relationship with them. They met your family. You got engaged. But this person had a change of heart. Part of you not accepting that and having such a hard time getting closure is you knowing that now you have to start over. You felt like you were progressing towards a certain goal in your life, which is getting married, mostly for women in our culture and similar cultures. I'm getting married by a certain age. I'm having kids by a certain age. I'm on the right track. You know, I got my education. Now it's time to get married and move out, blah, blah, blah. You are hurting over accepting that that goal of yours that you were working to towards is gone. And it really isn't fair for that person that you are putting all of that responsibility on them for taking that away from you. Because to genuinely build a relationship with someone, you have to let go of all that, that it means about you as a person or about how good you are, how successful you are, you have to authentically love that person for who they are. And if you were to, this girl that asked you this question, if you were to separate that person from everything that you made them being in your life mean about you, now tell me, is it difficult to let go of them? Is this really the person that you want to spend the rest of your life with? Someone who had a change of heart a year in, or you're never going to be able to trust that they're never going to have that change of heart again. Tell me what are the reasons that you fell in love with this person? Is it just because someone knocked on your door and said, hey, I want to build a future with you? Or is it because this person is honest, they're attentive, they're emotionally mature, they're vulnerable, they're not afraid to make mistakes, they respect their family, they respect their mother, their dad. They're... Tell me the real reasons why you love this person. Once you separate them from everything else, from how much money they make, from how what 
you being with them must mean about you in comparison to others. Separate all of that. Just look at the person as a human being and tell me, are you really having a hard time letting go of this person in particular or what your potential of a life with them meant about you? Because that's what's hurting you. It's not the one person walking away. Oh my gosh, Najwa, I haven't heard anything more truer than that. Honestly, just chills running down my spine because these are questions that we often run away from. These are questions that we don't want to face and we don't want to answer because guess what? At the end of those questions is the truth and we fear the truth. We'd rather feed ourselves these lies and fantasize about the what ifs and whatnot that we just don't want to learn the truth because truth means change. Truth means loss. Truth means that you have to transform yourself and move on. And that transition period is probably the most difficult period because like you said, it's almost like now it's a blank slate. You do think of it as a blank slate yeah but you're still you you're still that person you still have yourself and that's the thing that's why you have to build a relationship with yourself because this is something that Nedra you've said when you are attached to somebody else when you attach yourself to someone else the only thing that it really does is it allows you to detach from yourself and that's something that you don't want to do you don't want to do like you said at the start of our conversations we said we want to build a home within ourselves how do we protect our heart since we're on the theme of heartbreak how do we learn how to trust ourselves again. I think this is something that I struggled with. It's like, if I was able to get myself in that the worst predicament ever, how can I ever trust myself to make the right choices again? But at the same time, how can I protect my heart as well without, you know, creating or building a wall in between me and somebody who might be my potential future partner? And it doesn't always mean just a relationship wise, just everything in life in general. How do I protect my heart, but still wander this dunya with just openness and softness? I would say that You have to be honest with yourself and say, maybe I did get into that issue because I didn't trust myself. It's not that I trusted myself and I let myself down. You didn't trust yourself. You probably didn't even know yourself. For most of us, before we enter into our first relationship, we don't know who we are. And it breaks us in such a way that we're so scared. Like I've never experienced something like this before. I never knew what it meant to love someone or to be loved by someone. And then for them to walk away emotionally, literally, figuratively, however you want to say it, when somebody walks away, checks out, treats us in a way that we, we didn't see coming. We're not used to. A lot of the times you blame yourself and you think, how could I have not seen this? But you, the truth is you weren't equipped with the tools or with the experience to see it. For most of us, like women in our culture, we don't experience anything until we're married. And you're somehow supposed to, one time my sister was like, I asked her about marriage. She's been married for a long time. She was like, marriage is like a watermelon. You open it, it's either white or red. Like, (laughs) no. Exactly. So how do you trust yourself or how do you protect your heart? First of all, there's no such thing as protecting your heart. There's such a thing as trusting yourself when it comes to If you open up someone and you're vulnerable, and that's the only way that you're going to build a connection with someone, protecting your heart doesn't mean you put up that guard and you don't allow anybody to hurt you and you don't really open up because you're, you know, you're strong, whatever that means. That's not protecting your heart. That's protecting yourself from experiencing love and a connection. I would say to protect your heart, you have to trust your instinct. You have to trust your gut. You have to know what your boundaries are, what your standards are, and not be afraid to reinforce them and not be afraid to experience the pain of someone again walking away just because you said, this is what I want. This is what I accept. This is what I don't accept. Trust yourself and tell yourself that I'm not going to allow my heart to so deeply attach to someone to the point where no matter what they do or what they say, what they disrespect about me, how they make me feel, how they treat me, I'm going to accept it because I love them. That's what protecting your heart is, is saying, I trust my heart and its vulnerability to attempt to build a connection with someone. But the moment that this someone disrespects my heart, hurts my heart, causes any sense of confusion, deliberate confusion to my heart, makes me question myself. I'm going to say, 
this is it. That's how you protect your heart. That's how you trust yourself is you know that your way of seeing things and what your sense of self is telling you about the way that things are going and about what you accept and don't accept, you trust that over trusting what the other person is telling you about that. There are no guarantees. You might fall in love again and you might be hurt again. Part of that protection of your heart is saying, if someone else takes what I give for granted, I'm not going to let that mean something about me. I'm going to just say, oh, you know what? I tried, I gave my all, I was authentic, I was myself. And they chose to not, you know, meet me at that level. And you know what? I will find what I'm looking for. Like, take it back to yourself. Don't make it about the other person and how could you and why? And don't don't spend any time on that. You might never know why. Come back to yourself and understand what that taught you. That's it. There's something that you said and it was so powerful. And it's like, you know, when you think about it, it's so simple. And it's like, how can you not think of that? But it's just because he walks out of your life doesn't mean you are abandoned. It means that you walk the other way too. And I think that's our issue. We don't know how to walk the other way. We want to salvage what is left of this relationship. But this is somebody that is choosing, is willingly choosing to walk away. So, and you said, do not allow their decision to have more power over you by continuing to try to salvage this relationship. You choose to walk the other way too. You choose to also hold power and have dignity in yourself as well. And I think that's so beautiful. Think about it this way. If you were to think of the last person who walked away from you, imagine for a moment that you were the one who said, I'm leaving. Would you still be feeling this pain? Probably not. You're probably hurting more over the fact that someone told you, I don't want to be with you over the fact that this person is no longer with you. It's that they made that decision. But you also have the choice to make that decision anytime right now. You can say, you know what? I didn't want that either. Like, who ends the relationship doesn't matter. If one person ended it, it probably was at a point where it needed to end. So it that doesn't matter. It's like me telling you, you know what, I have to go. So we'll talk later and ending the phone call versus you saying that. Really, that's what it is. It's like something that's meant to end. It doesn't matter who says let's end it, you know? Yeah. It's like, I guess we have to equip ourselves a little bit more for these endings. Obviously, sometimes there's no, they're, they're not always happy endings. Sometimes it's, and then sometimes they don't come with the closure that you need, but do we also need closure or do we need to really just work on ourselves and take it back to us? Like you said, I'm genuinely excited for your fourth book. I would love if you can talk about it and what can we expect from this new title of yours? Because obviously you always have this reoccurring themes, just owning our own narrative and just being unapologetically ourselves. And you said building a home within ourselves. So what can we expect from this new title that's coming and when is it coming so my fourth book is called welcome home and it's a self-development book and it has poetry in it it's more of a self-development slash memoir slash poetry book and it guides you through the process of building a home within yourself starting with where do i start how do i take that road to get to my to the place where I'm going to build the foundation of my home? How do I build that foundation? How do I build all of the elements of my home? How do I genuinely love myself? How do I genuinely forgive myself and others? How do I genuinely let go? How do I dive into that pain and feel it? How? So it teaches you practical tips while I tell you stories from my own life and how I went about things to get to a point where you feel like you can tell yourself, I am my own home. I'm not going to wait for someone else to build a home for me and welcome me. I'm no longer going to be knocking on people's doors to accept me into their lives for me to see myself as worthy of being in someone's life. I am my own home. It's within me and it comes with me everywhere I go. So it's coming out next summer and it's handed in. It's in the process of final edits. I'm really excited about that. Yeah. I absolutely love the idea and the thought process behind it, because I think all of us want to, you know, we want to change, we want to transform, we want to believe in ourselves a little bit more, and we want to be able to walk away from things that hurt us and just become this new person that has grown into the person that we want to become. But it's the how part. How do we do that? For you to just create this guideline kind of, and this beautiful memoir, honestly, it's going to help so many women. Just this hour conversation, honestly, has helped me and just you validated so many of my feelings and so much of the pain that I've gone through. And just for you to put it 
it into words has truly and honestly tremendously helped me just within this conversation. So I can only imagine what your next novel is going to do for everyone that does end up purchasing it. But I can't commend you any more than this because you are just such an incredible soul. You are somebody that has helped a lot of women out there with their feelings and not just women, but I see a lot of men too, honestly, read your poetry and and listen to your podcast and whatnot. But I really, really want to thank you, Najwa. You are such a source of light in our community and such a source of life for so many women out there. You are beautiful inside and out. And it's just incredible to be able to cross paths with such powerful women like you. So thank you. Thank you so much, Najwa. Of course. Thank you. And the work that you're doing for everyone, specifically people in our community, I think is incredible. Those topics aren't spoken about enough and they're not spoken about enough in a way that people can actually relate to with their lived experiences. So I'm really happy that we spoke and I know we'll probably speak again um, closer to the book is released. So I'm really excited for that as well. I'm genuinely excited for your book. I honestly love your books. And it's just I have like a huge like a bunch of shelves around my house with all these books. And it's like I have to have your book on my shelf because it's just good reminders. And it's also something that you read at different points in your life. And that's why I think I enjoy your books a lot. There's, you know, I'll read it at a certain point in my life. And then I'll kind of go back to a few years later. And it just I I read it in a different way. And I feel it in a different way. So it's it's beautiful. The words that you've put on paper for others to read and to feel and to understand that they're not alone in their pain. So Thank you so much, Najwa. Of course. Thank you. 